0: Today on Grace to the
1: Hearers with Pastor Eric Kluth. People today are still following Jesus because of selfish reasons. People today are still following Jesus because they want to be motivated. People today are still following Jesus to bring opposition towards him. People today are still following Jesus because they're curious about him. And yes, people today are still following Jesus because they believe that he is Messiah. The question then is, is why are you here? Why are you and why have you come after Jesus?
0: In today's message, Pastor Eric challenges us to examine our motivations for following Jesus. Is it for our own personal gain? Simply to meet our emotional or physical needs? It's easy to fall into a pattern of only seeking him for our own benefit but he desires for us to bring him glory and spread the gospel. Well, let's join Pastor Eric for today's edition of Grace to the Hearers.
1: I'm going to read verses 1 through 14, and we'll see what the Lord has for us. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is in the Sea of Tiberias. Then a great multitude followed him, because they saw his signs which he performed on those who were diseased. And Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. Now the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes, and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But this he said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Verse 7 Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish. But what are they among so many? Then Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down in the number about five thousand. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to his disciples, and the disciples to those sitting down, and likewise of the fish, as much as they wanted. So when they were filled, he said to his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, so that nothing is lost. Therefore they gathered them up. And filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves which were left over by those who had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the sign that Jesus did, said, Truly, or this is truly the prophet who is to come into the world. Feeding the five thousand. A true story that we have heard if you have grown up in the church many times. But there's three things that you must learn about Jesus within this passage. Three things that we must learn about Jesus within this passage. And we see that there has been time that has gone by since the last time that we read in chapter 5. In chapter 5, Jesus got done healing a man at the pool of Bethesda. And now in verse 1 of chapter 6, John writes as After these things, Jesus went over the sea. Meaning, time has passed from when Jesus had healed the man. Now, during this period, in the other Gospels, we are told that Jesus, he preached the Sermon on the Mount during this time period. Okay, this this time difference. Jesus preached the Sermon on the Mount. He also taught on the parables of the kingdom during this time. So, why didn't John record these events? Why didn't John write these things down for us? Well, God gave John a theme. And that theme was to point to Jesus' purpose. The purpose was and is Jesus' God. Jesus is the Savior of the world. Jesus is the one who takes away the sin of man. The Gospel of John, you guys, is often mo- the book most recommended To people who don't believe in Jesus, the Gospel of John is also a book that is recommended to those who just started their relationship with Jesus. Why is that? Well, because it is straightforward. By the end of reading the Gospel of John, you are faced with a decision either Jesus is the Son of God or he is not, either Jesus is the Savior of the world or he is not. John by the inspiration of God paints a picture clearly that Jesus is God and that was the heartbeat behind the gospel Also during the time Jesus during this time period Jesus had sent out his disciples He sent them out and he gave them power and authority to cast out demons and to cure diseases and this time recorded, uh, or at this time recorded, in John chapter six, they have already come back to Jesus, and so again you see that there's there's a lot not in the story recorded by John, but God was doing these things around the area at this time. John was focused on continuing to point that Jesus is God, and that was the theme. And so that's where we're kind of at in the the background of chapter 6. Jesus has been doing many mighty things. So Jesus is together again with his disciples. And it tells us in verse 1 that he went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. Interesting. He goes over the sea. Because in Mark chapter 6, Jesus had just met with his disciples as they come back, as I mentioned. And they were talking, and now there was a great multitude that was coming to him, if you read in Mark 6, but they, he wanted to spend time with his disciples. And so they decided to cross over the Sea of Galilee. Jesus wanted some privacy. Can you believe that? He wanted to spend some quality time with his guys. But somehow those, the multitude of people heard where Jesus was at, and so that's why they got away. Jesus wanted to know what, what, what was taking place. Even though he knew what had taken place with his disciples, it's just that spending that quality time with each other. And so when it says that they went over the Sea of Galilee, it means that they went over the, to the eastern shore. To the eastern shore of the sea. And so Jesus and the disciples went to the eastern shore to get some rest and to spend time together. And so Jesus, he could have also gone over to the eastern shore because of what was going on with John the Baptist. John the Baptist at this time had been recently killed. He was beheaded. And so the persecution from Herod Antipas, who had just recently killed him, Jesus withdrawed from that area with his disciples. So there was rest involved. There was fellowship involved. And also, possibly, to get away from Herod. Because it wasn't yet Jesus' time to die. So they go over the Sea of Galilee. And when they're there, what does it say in verse 2? Then a great multitude followed him. (laughs) because they saw his signs which he had performed on those who were diseased. These people followed Jesus because they saw him doing mighty works. I mean, come on. If Jesus was here walking on the earth today and he was healing people, don't you think that there would be a great multitude of people following him today? There would be no time for him to to rest, in a sense. People would be constantly following him. Why? Why? because they wanted their sick to be healed. They wanted the demons to be cast out. People would be following him, just as they were following him here in our text. Man. So we then see that Jesus and his disciples were on a mountain where he sat. In the other other gospels, it says that Jesus saw the multitude coming, and we're going to see what, what happens here in a second with that. But the time frame of this all taking place was near the Passover. The Passover, guys. What is the Passover? The Passover was a time when the Jews would gather together in Jerusalem, and they would celebrate what God had done for them by freeing them from the hand of the Egyptians. And so this is during the springtime, okay, in Israel. And springtime in Israel, listen to this, it's, it's probably one of the most beautiful times in Israel pastor Chuck Smith said this about the time he says the Galilee in the springtime has to be one of the most beautiful places you could ever see grassy fields filled with yellow daisies red and white and purple wildflowers just fabulous the beauty of the wildflowers and all around Passover time there in the springtime in Galilee Lots of grass are in the area, so Jesus is in this area because we learned or we read earlier in the text that there was tons of grass. so if you guys can kind of visualize this time where Jesus is at wherever the the mountain or the hill it could be referenced to is uh, filled probably with flowers, wildflowers, grass, probably a beautiful day, man, and here he was with his disciples, but now a multitude of people are coming towards him. So Jesus was trying to catch up with his disciples, and there comes a multitude of people. Now sometimes it's hard to be around people all the time, don't you think? I think so. I know so. But here, Jesus is getting ready to, to, to come into contact With 5,000 men. Hmm. A great multitude followed him. Have you ever asked the question, why do people follow Jesus? Why do people follow Jesus? Our text tells us the main reason the multitude followed Jesus is because they wanted to be healed from their sickness. They saw what he had done. Now, there's a lot of different reasons why people follow Jesus. People follow Jesus for selfish gain. Selfish gain. What's in it for me? What can Jesus do for me? What can his church do for me? So people follow Jesus for selfishness. People also follow Jesus to see signs and miracles. They follow Jesus because they want to get the pump factor. The feel good message, the things that would just just launch their spirits so that they can be pumped up. Woo! Right? Motivation. Treat Jesus like a motivated speaker. People can follow Jesus, or people follow Jesus even to heckle Jesus, to bring opposition to Jesus. People follow Jesus because they're just curious. About Jesus, and there's people who follow Jesus because they believe that Jesus is Messiah, the Son of God. And in our text, I mean, a multitude of people. This is five thousand people. This is the half the population of Coolidge following Jesus right now. Do you think that they all believe that he was Messiah? No, probably not. And there's a lot of different reasons why people follow Jesus. Because there's something about Jesus that attracts man to him. Well, the Bible says this, Jesus is light. He is light. Jesus says, as long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. And just as light pulls in bugs, Jesus pulls in man. Now, I'm not saying that you guys are bugs. <laughs> I'm not a bug. But it's the same concept. Light pulls, pulls us in. And Jesus is very attractive. He is. He's very attractive. And Jesus is attracting people today to, to follow him. Now, our culture has changed, you guys, since this time. Since Jesus walked on the earth, people have changed. I mean, look at this guy. This guy right here, this first guy, probably could uh, represent Peter, you know, or one of the, just a guy back in Bible times, right? He's got a beard, got, you know, I don't know what they were, but different clothing. But now check out a guy today. (laughs) Now, I see a lot of similarities. Both have beards, right? You know, the mohawk is awesome. But the point being is that man has changed. Culture has changed. But the heart of man has not. People today are still following Jesus because of selfish reasons. People today are still following Jesus because they want to be motivated People today are still following Jesus to bring opposition towards him. People today are still following Jesus because they're curious about him. And yes, people today are still following Jesus because they believe that he is Messiah. The question then is, is why are you here? Why are you and why have you come after Jesus? Are you here Learning about Jesus for selfish gain. Thinking, I will follow Jesus and then I will get healed. Then I can go on with my life. I just need him to do these things for me. Me, me, me. Are you here because you are looking for something to pump you up for this coming week? You come to Jesus wanting that rush. You want to hear good things, good words. That will help produce good thoughts. Do you look to Jesus? Are you following Jesus? Because as you would a person like Zig Ziglar. Who is probably one of the greatest motivational speakers in this world that has lived. I mean somebody that just come in and just continue to pump you up. Not focusing on anything else but just words of encouragement of motivation. It's just a, a motivating speaking time That's why you follow Jesus. Are you here because you want to mock Jesus? Mock those who worship Jesus. You're a fool for being here. Look at all the people who who lift up their hands in praise. It's almost like entertainment for you. Is that your heart? Is that why you follow Jesus? Are you here because somebody has invited you to come and you heard Jesus, but you're you're not sure of him? Maybe that's why you're here. Maybe you're here because you have a personal relationship with Jesus this morning. Maybe you believe in your heart that he is Messiah. That he is God. And you want to worship him. That's why you're here. That's why you're following Jesus. But whatever the reasons why you're here, (laughs) I want to share this. How Jesus feels towards you. For whatever reason you're here, Jesus has compassion on you. Whatever reason, if you fall in one of those five categories, even in the one of persecuting him, he has compassion for you. Even if you're here for selfish reasons, he has compassion for you. How do I know this? Because of our text. Here you have a great multitude of people following him, And it doesn't say it here, but in Matthew's account of this true story, check out what is said. Matthew 14, 14. And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude, and he was moved with compassion for them, and he healed their sick. Knowing their hearts, right? But yet Jesus Christ still had compassion for the people. He had compassion on them. Look at Mark's account of it. And Jesus, when he came out and saw a great multitude, was moved with what, church? Compassion for them. Because they were like sheep, not having a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. Christ wanted to spend time with his disciples to get away. But when the multitude of people came towards him, he looked out and he was moved with compassion. Compassion for them. And whatever the reason was for following him, he wasn't concerned about that. He was concerned about them in general. Jesus had compassion on the people. That tells me that Jesus has compassion on you this morning. Why you're here? I don't know. But I do know this, that Christ sees you and he is moved with compassion for you. Jesus is able to have compassion on you this morning because the Bible tells us this. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Maybe you had a rough night last night. Maybe you fell into sin last night. And last night was one of the hardest, darkest nights of your life. But Jesus Christ has seen you and he has moved with compassion for you this morning. He has moved, his heart has been moved with compassion towards you. And compassion means to be moved as one's inwards, okay? As in the seat of emotion, the heart, the heart is moved. Just understand that Christ's heart has been moved for you this morning. You, it's been moved for you. It's been moved for me. Example of this compassion, a heart moving, the inwards moving. When I first met Nicole, my wife, I saw her when we were at our church that we were uh, going to in Mesa before we were married. She was singing, and she was wearing a red dress, and guess what? I was moved on the inside. My heart moved. (laughs) I had to meet her compassion you guys is also showing mercy and kindness when your heart when your heart is moved that's when mercy and kindness is produced and so when you see those things on the tv right the the dogs or the kittens or the even the tigers i've seen one for tigers right where you see these tigers and you're like oh man they're so cute how can no one not be supporting these animals or the children right and your, your, your heart moves. That's called compassion. And compassion then produces kindness, mercy. Love comes forth. Jesus Christ's heart has been moved because of you. Therefore, compassion has been produced. That compassion has produced mercy towards you. No matter what's in your heart, you have moved the heart of Jesus Christ. That's powerful. So Jesus has compassion on the multitude. In Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the hour was late when this took place. John doesn't give us that detail. John sounds like me. I leave out a lot of details. Man, just present present the, the text, right? The hour was late, though, according to the other three Gospels. Jesus, knowing that the hour was late and the people would be traveling home, understood that they would need food for strength. And so he, here in our text here in John, says to Philip, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? Now why did Jesus ask Philip? Well, because Philip was a native boy to the area. Because they were in the area of Bethsaida. That's where Peter was at. Uh, Well, Peter was there from there too. But Philip was from this area. And so just as anybody would do if you were from that area, hey, where do we buy bread for these people? Jesus, though, was testing him, knowing that he he already knew what he was going to do. But Philip answered saying, you know what? 200 denarii is not even sufficient. It's not even going to produce a little bit for these people. Now, 200 denarii, you guys, is eight months' wage. Eight months' wage. But you're talking 5,000 men. Not talking about the women and children that were probably there. Pastor
0: Eric Kluth's message today gave us a greater insight into the incredible life that Jesus led in his time here on earth. His life and death are the basis of the Christian faith. And we hope you've been encouraged in your faith by what you heard today. As we close this edition of Grace to the Hearers, we'd like to tell you how you can receive a free copy of today's message. Simply send an email to info at gracetothehearers.com and be sure to include today's date and where we can send you a CD. You can also call us at 520-723-7047 to speak to us in person. That number again is 520-723-7047. Be sure to visit our website as well to discover more about Grace to the Hearers, Pastor Eric, and what our goal is with this ministry. We'd also like to ask that you consider partnering with us in prayer as we continue to expand this ministry. Grace to the Hearers and other ministries like it are valuable tools that God is using to further His kingdom on earth, and we feel that God is calling us to reach more and more people with this broadcast. Would you join us in praying for this ministry and the people who are hearing Pastor Eric's messages? We are incredibly blessed to be able to share God's Word with you already, and we would be honored to have you interceding for us as well. From all of us on the broadcasting team, we want to say thank you for listening today. Join us again as we continue our deeper look at the book of John. Next time on Grace to the Hearers.